0: That's NOom.com dot com to sign up today.
1: Hello, welcome to On the Farm Picture List podcast about all things prospect, dynasty, and minor league related. I'm your host, Lamar Gibson.
2: And I am your host, Jake Mache.
1: Uh, and and today is gonna to be a little bit of a a grab bag um episode we don't have a, a distinct theme for you all today as we record this is a, a recording on a Friday evening um I think we both got a lot happening uh, especially on, in, in my neck of the woods so it, it's a bit uh less structured than what we normally have um, really we're just gonna be checking in on our respective uh dynasty and, and, and redraft teams just kind of talking through you know, some moves that that maybe we made, some players we've added, maybe some players we dropped. Uh, and just kinda pulse checking how we're doing, you know, midway through or roughly midway through our seasons. Um before that, I, I had mentioned uh to Jake off mic that I came across a a a poll on one of the Discord servers I'm in um about prospects. I thought it was kinda interesting, so I wanted to pitch it to him. Uh, Sight Unseen. Uh, I have to give credit where credit is due. So this is from Lucas BF. Uh, So shout out to Lucas BF, that individual who put in the poll. And the question is, it's a little, it's a little vague. So I guess it's open to some interpretation. It says best two, so best two players over the next three years. I'm assuming this is fantasy specific. It could be real life specific, I guess. So open to interpretation, but here are your choices. Uh, Ronnie Mauricio jordan westberg Zach Neto, casey schmidt matt mcclain christopher morell andres jimenez so you're picking two that you think will be the best based on your criteria of what best is and how so uh over the next three years and then All i'll right. tell you what, who i picked in the actual poll and i'll tell you the results too because i think the results are interesting
2: okay um can okay can you go through those one more time i'm Absolutely. gonna type them up so i can look at them
1: <laughs> sure sure so this is ronnie mauricio uh jordan westberg zach Neto, casey schmidt matt mcclain chris morrell and andres jimenez
2: fascinating okay so two the two that are going to be the best yep.
1: you're picking you're picking your two
2: Okay. So just looking at the names and not looking at any of their, uh, like stack cast pages or fan graphs or anything like that, pitch list, whatever. Um, I think I'll go with oh, son of a gun. Um, <laughs> I think, so I think I'm leaning Westberg as okay. probably the, uh, man, maybe Westberg and Jimenez. But I'm tempted to get McLean or Mauricio in there. Not really considering Neto, Schmidt, or Morel. Okay.
1: So I'm um, I'm curious, before I get into results, I'm curious. What are, so I'm going to push you to make a hard choice. What are Absolutely. your two? Absolutely. Please do. Make your
2: two. My two.
1: Choose wisely.
2: <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'll go Westberg- and McLean.
1: Are you sure? Yeah. I would have said, I would have said,
2: it. it feels, it feels wrong to leave Jimenez off because he's done it. He's kind of done what we hope that these guys will do. Um, I'm just concerned that he's taken a step back in like the run production aspect. And, and there wasn't a whole lot behind his run production last year. Mm-hmm. It was just that he like optimized, you know, his opportunities. He lifted the ball when he needed to. He, um, you know, good line drives and whatnot. And he didn't really like barrel or hit the, hit the ball super hard. And so it's like, you can't say that like, oh, he has like really great raw power. You could say like, oh, it's more like the guardians kind of system of like getting more out of middle infielders, maybe, you know? Um, But they have other depth there. You're
1: saying Westberg and McLean.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what I'm going to go with. I love McLean's home park. Um, I like that. He's honestly, I like that. He's cheap um not a ton of hype around him he's getting a lot better he came up and you could have had him for probably pretty cheap because he started off pretty slow Mm -hmm. and um like the home park the lineup's getting a lot better i kind of want a piece of the reds offense when i can right now honestly going forward um you know Jimenez like guardians are never good offensively around so i was
1: gonna say so you're looking at this strictly fantasy right
2: yeah absolutely okay
1: no which you know again open interpretation no problem (laughs) um so you said like from jump you were like writing off Neto, writing off Schmidt, writing off morell, right? Um, like from the jump. Can you yeah. just kind of briefly walk us through your reasoning there? I, yeah, can so of, I think I can kind of guess with some of them, but
2: yeah. So with with Schmidt, I was singing his praises on this podcast in the off season. I really like the profile coming in, and I, and I still do. Um, he still he barrels the ball well. Um, fantastic defensively. Right now, I see him as a as a good everyday guy or rotisserie in ideally larger than 12 team leagues because you need, you know, they need playing time and accumulation of stats. And I think he'll get you that because of all the rookies, um, probably even, even among pitchers, like he's just come up and taken the role the most out of just about any rookie really Um, that, that isn't like the top guys, you know, because obviously you have Corbin Carroll and like Josh Young and them, but like, all all the ones that have kind of like come up and like debuted that we weren't really like expecting to be rookie of the year candidates. Like he's, he's come up and he's taken an everyday role. And so like that it's valuable, but I don't think that he's necessarily a difference maker in 12 teamers. You know, I don't think that he's going to like really find an extra level of power and like maintain his contact skills. You know, like I don't think that, Um, the sky is the limit there. I think that he's fantastic defensively who play every day and he has like solid skills to accumulate and like produce on probably a pretty boring level. Not gonna lie. So I see him as like a solid player that probably won't lose playing time anytime soon, but isn't enough to like move the needle one way or the other, you know, Mm -hmm. with Neto, it's pretty similar. I know that he has some sneaky pop, you know, we've seen like a, a decent max EV so far and, um, He's also someone who has the job at shortstop. And, you know, the Angels have a good top of the order, but not a lot of depth. He doesn't really maximize on run production. And, you know, I just don't see enough of consistent power output to, like, produce beyond batting average. Even I don't, I don't know this off the top of my head, but I don't think he's been stealing a lot since he came up. Um, And so, like, that's, you know, another knock against a shortstop. Schmidt, Schmidt as well doesn't really steal a whole lot. Um, Although he's projected to do more than he has so far which is interesting but um and then morale i just don't see him being consistent enough to get the playing time at least all those other two guys have playing time Morrell, the Cubs haven't really shown that they're super confident in him you know he's uh he's kind of been going back and forth with uh you know with wisdom and i don't think they are gonna give just give him the you know give him the role and um and then i think that there's i, I don't like relying on swing and miss you know but like he has the most swing and miss out of out of anyone on this list. Um, so I just don't think that he's going to be consistent enough. And um, I think I think it's more of like if you want to take a shot on him and you're not going to rely on him. But I think that there's other guys in this group that you could be like, OK, these are like my middle infielders for a while. And like, I'm going to like rely on these guys. And I don't think morale quite has gotten there yet.
1: So I, I don't disagree with you, like much, if not. You know, pretty much all of your assessment here. So here's who I picked, and I'm going to kind of walk you through my thought process, and then we're going to look at the results as they currently stand. So I picked Mauricio, and I my response was coin flip between McLean and Westberg. I chose McLean, which as an O's fan, like as an O's fan, obviously that kind of kind of hurt. But I was like, I'm going to go with McLean. Um, my thought process was to kind of go down the line of, of the people I didn't choose Neto. um ironically I, I'm a huge Neto fan um I wanted him in FYPD uh I, I think I kind of talked through how I, I screwed myself out of that <laughs> um when I had the chance but um I'm a big fan of his somebody in my home dynasty team pulled off a I think a really good trade to get him and Nathan Martorella. um for the price of josh low and like a pick like a second round pick i think and i was like kudos to you i think that that's a pretty daggone good trade um personally maybe you feel differently um i like Neto, and, and what i was saying to the to the manager that that um swung this trade to get Neto was i do see him as being like a multi-category contributor i think he gives you a little bit of everything but i think that's the thing is like he doesn't have an elite skill that's going to put him over these other names that do have some elite uh, tools at least um in the toolbox that can turn into some uh, elite skills so you know Neto is a guy that i could see you you know right now so i'm on his picture list uh page right so he's got four stone bases to your point three home runs um you know, two forty one, three twenty two, three sixty one is the slash, but you know, doesn't really walk much right now. Um, strikeouts aren't crazy, so that seems you know okay. Uh, I should go to Fangraphs to see what they have the projections for the rest of the season. Um, but yeah, I mean, even if you go back to look at the real, the, the splash of what he did in the minors because he moved you know through so fast it was kind of the same like you know he gives you some doubles run into some home runs he can probably get two double digit stolen bases right um but not in a crazy amount you know 12 I would think 15 is probably his cap um as far as stolen bases the big thing that I said was if Shohei again this is in the next three years if Otani leaves that lineup like runs created goes down kind of drastically right because now you're hoping that you have Aging by Trout, and yes, he's still incredibly good even when he's aging. And and maybe his skill set is diminishing, but he's at such an elite level that his diminished skill set is like really still really, really good for most major leaguers. But you have him, uh, I don't I can't remember the specifics of Renfro's deal. if that was a one year or not. So if they keep Renfro around, you're still hoping for pop from him. Uh you got um Taylor Ward, you're hoping that that turns into a real thing they're running back joe adele for the fourth time fifth time like i can't so it's just like if otani leaves all of a sudden who's who's knocking Neto in when he is you know up and then if they're batting him in the lower part of the lineup then you know what's what's happening there like as far as from a run you know creation standpoint so that was my thing about
2: I do have his projection pulled up here, rest of oh, season. Yeah, go ahead. Uh 10 homers, um, so that'll be 13 total. 40 mm-hmm. runs and 38 RBIs, which is about 60-60. And 6 steals, uh, so 10, uh, 9 mm-hmm. or 10. Um, and then a two forty seven average. Best and rest what, about,
1: season. what about OBP?
2: 319.
1: So that puts him at what, if we kind of sort of average that out with what he has now.
2: What's his current one? I don't know.
1: I just, hold on. I, just uh,
2: I just uh 322 so about uh, obp is about so it's about, about the same and his average is 241 so yeah pretty so much about the, same. the same. so
1: yeah i mean uh, if that's if that's who he is as right. a baseball player and i don't think that that's like crazy to say that's like not who he is maybe he gets a bump in in a couple spots as he just matures as a hitter yeah again my my home league that i talked about it's a 20 teamer i'll mm-hmm. take that from a short time yeah start. No, that's but you're in a 12 teamer, even a 14 teamer. Mm-hmm. That's not moving. Just like you were saying, like that's not moving the needle for me. Right, right. In real life, Nettles probably one of your top two guys because his defense is so tremendous. Um, and actually, enough while we're just on the topic, and I, I'm I'm getting off topic for a little bit, but trying to connect the two. I think Mason Wynn is going to be very similar, and I'm a huge Mason Wynn fan. But I I think I think he will have some more pop than Nettle does. But I don't think Mason wins a twenty home run guy. Right. And I think it's very similar of like in real life, because he has a cannon for an arm, he has great mm-hmm. range,
2: mm-hmm. he's
1: gonna be a stud. But fantasy wise, he's gonna be one of those guys where the deeper you are, absolutely you want a piece of him. But if you're in those twelve to fourteen teamers, you're probably gonna be like, I can kind of give or take him. You know, yeah, I can kind of find it like, elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so that's neto Um Schmidt, and I, I hadn't been paying attention to how regular he had been Uh, At one position, that was actually my critique was his defense is going to carry him. But I my question was my sort of open ended question was, is he ever going to get regular playing time at one spot so that he can actually concentrate on becoming a better hitter? Because that's something that we say a lot with players, especially young players, is if you're picking up a different glove every day. Yeah, you're getting every day at bats, which is helpful. But part of the, like your mental capacity is also kind of split between, OK, and now I'm playing third and what that's going to take. And now I'm playing short. OK, and now I'm in left. And then and especially if I am I know I might be moving between uh, innings like within a game. There is some mental acuity you have to give to that, especially when you're good defensively, which is part of the reason why they move moving around so much. Um, and that can take away. I mean, it's kind of the same thing that we talk about with catchers right there's a physical a more physical component with catchers but still the mental capacity of like calling a game and like managing your pitching staff, that that kind of takes away from i can just hone in on how to be a better hitter and just think about that and like give real mental you know uh, uh process to that mm-hmm. uh like other position players can so that was kind of my biggest question about schmidt now if he yeah. is being regular at third base which that might just been an oversight on my end not knowing uh san francisco lineup
2: i actually think um, he's been kind of a mix but i do but i see him taking over for crawford like probably next
1: year and i think that's the plan right i think that's the ideal is like crawford obviously is, you know pretty long in the tooth and and for him to kind of like fade out and to have schmidt be there um last year the thought process they still had longoria and the thought process was mm-hmm. when schmidt was getting hot then oh this is the idea that's going to place or I'll replace longoria but also knowing, again, they have like a Estrada and some other guys, even they're still giving some playing time to Brett Wise, like guys that they like to mix and match. Um, as far as defensively, guys that can play a few different spots. And so that's my biggest concern with Schmidt is like, do they just say like shortstop is yours? Don't worry about that. And now we can hone in on like how to lift the ball more, or how to do some, you know, some things that. And again, he's in the same spot as Neto of like, there's nothing elite about him that from, paper pushes him over a ronnie mauricio in my mind or jordan westberg right so that's casey schmidt Um, and with
2: his positions this year he's played 17 at short six mm -hmm. at second and seven at third so all around
1: airing towards or or leaning towards shortstop but still most of the infield is kind of in his domain outside of, of first base of course um I'm going to skip because I'm not going in, in the order that's listed. I'm going to go to Jimenez. And my thing is just, who is he, right? Is he, yeah. is it last year? Or is it this year? This year is more in line with what he did the first. And I kind of write off the first two years because he's he a young guy. You got the, um, I was almost called the strike season, the COVID season. So that's kind of weird. And 2021 comes back. He's still a young guy. Last year looks like a breakout. This year, like you said, takes like multiple steps back. It it seems like, and so I kind of did some very rough calculations of like if you split the difference, what do you get? And and let me make let me actually look at what I wrote out here. Um, And again, this is very rough math. It's not an even exact thing, but two fifty five, three fifty, four thirty as a triple slash. Like OBP gets a bump. Average isn't terrible. Okay. a bit of slugging like that's not too too bad, but then like actual output like twelve to fifteen home runs, twelve to fifteen stolen bases, and again, deep leagues cool, yeah. shallower leagues I can probably find that the OBP if I'm in OBP league maybe that gives him a bit of a boost, but what I posit is like that's kind of what Rodolfo Castro is giving you right now with more speed. Like if you look at Castro's rest of season rest of season projections, it's pretty much in line with this. Um, I think OBP might be, again, a bit higher um, for Jimenez and then Jimenez steals more bases. But I can find if I, you know, I can go to Castro and Castro is a platoon player. Like he doesn't even hit. I was just looking at his numbers because I have him on the team. He doesn't even hit against uh, right handers. He's only <laughs> hitting against lefties. Uh, so, you know, and, and he still is putting up, you know, relatively decent numbers and he gives you the multi position um versatility as well because he's pretty much all across the infield for most platforms or at least second and short for most platforms so um that's him and that is why i wrote him off morel i really just see him as being like accelerated bias like the the boom times are going to be i mean we've seen him we've seen him last year we've seen him when he came back this year like that first week it's going to be like oh this guy is he's going crazy and then when he busts, it's going to be like,
3: what is this
1: guy doing? <laughs> um, and I just think that that's, that's who he is um, until something like significant, significantly changes in his profile. Yeah. And and like you said, you know, are the Cubs ever going to trust him enough? It's it's kind of interesting to see him and then um, Von Grissom, right? These two guys that like set the world on fire last year. And it's like this is why this is why it's very important, especially when it comes to like prospects and dynasty and and redraft as well. But like definitely with that, it's important to pay attention to how teams feel about their own players. Right. That will tell you so much. Yeah, <laughs> because we're like, oh, Von Grissom, what a beast. Shortstops his. I mean, I was one of them. Like I was telling myself, I was like, oh, boom, Swanson. If uh, Dansby walks, they got a guy to replace. Done and done. And if he, you know, if, if Dansby stays, if they re-sign him, they can put him in left because they still kind of got a hole there. They can move around. Great. Braves are like, ah, ah, ah. No, no, no. <laughs> we'll just go get Orlando and We'll be fine. Like, right. Like um, and, and, you know, you can kind of criticize, you know, or maybe criticize what the Cubs have done overall as far as you know, where they are in their sort of rebuild what have you. But same thing. They were like, "It's great that Chris Moorel can hit home runs and steal bases sometimes, but like he also will
2: strike out thirty percent of the time." So, yeah, and <laughs> he, he doesn't walk, so he it doesn't. It's not even that he gets on base exactly. and he has a strikeout issue. It's that like he doesn't have the opportunities to even get on base to like steal bases and um, make an impact there. It's like homers, and then you know, right. <laughs> like what else?
1: Right. So, so that's Moorel. So, yeah, that kind of left me with. Uh, like I was saying, that left me with Westburg, McLean, and Mauricio. And to me, Mauricio has the biggest upside, right? Yeah. Um, I, I think he could be tremendous. And I, I'll be honest, I wasn't a huge believer of his, but what he was doing in the um, Winter ball League a uh, couple of seasons ago, kind of opened my eyes, like, okay, this, this dude has some legit pop, okay, and really look, has looked in his numbers have looked like an improved hitter um through last year into this year right he's been able to kind of sustain it um westberg very similar i think him and McLean, like i said is coin flip McLean is just happens to be doing it right now for the major leagues um and so that's why i defer to him but i think those three are to me is really who you're talking about especially if you're talking about from a fantasy standpoint um and then to get to actual results so here's where the result stands um the leader uh, somebody just voted again so now even more definitively the leader is matt mclean with 12 votes
3: hmm.
1: the uh next two are tied and that's ronnie mauricio and zagnetta with seven votes interesting now again this is open the, the question literally says best two over the next three years so that is open okay. to interpretation Could <laughs> be people yeah. looking at real life people look all sorts of stuff you know, OBP, batting average leagues, all sorts of stuff. Um, the next two are tied after that, and that is Westberg and um, Jimenez.
2: Yeah. Okay. That sounds and right. And
1: then we have coming in, I guess, with that fourth place is Morell with two votes. Um, nobody voting for
2: Casey Schmidt. Okay. Yeah. yeah I think I, the only thing that surprised me is there is Neto being okay. really high. Yeah and yeah. then honestly McC- probably mclean at the top um i mean he has been on a hot streak the last like the last week or so so that checks but yeah. everybody um, has red's fever right yeah that's that's true man you i mean you watch that video of uh of will benson throwing the bat on the ground i mean it makes you i mean you're running through a brick wall absolutely <laughs> there so.
1: i was i was talking to a guy online um <laughs> and he was making a st- and and i get it um, there's not to 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 pick on on anybody. He was making a statement of like, yeah, you know, I get the excitement, like that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, But I'm kind of always a fan of like, you know, acting like you've been there before. And I was like, but he literally hasn't. <laughs> like, he was yeah. like his first home run. So yeah. like, maybe he give him a little slack. Yeah. The second time, maybe he can act like you've been there before. for like yeah. the first, especially he's been
2: world an world. up and down guy. He, yeah. you know, even with the Guardians last year, he was kind of like close, but yep. not quite there. Yep got traded had the opportunity was horrible finally made it back you know he's been awesome
1: um but no i get you know that's not my cup of tea but i get it. if you're kind of a you know play a cool type of type of person you know kudos to you I, I get it um i just thought that was funny it's like he, he literally cannot act like he's been there before <laughs> <laughs> um with that like i said not a whole lot of structure to this guys we're gonna take a break we're gonna come back um, really just going to kind of talk about our teams, where they stand, what's going on, what are we hoping to get done, and um, yeah, take it from there. So right after this break.
0: Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom has created weight management programs that are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Ninety-eight percent say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. So stop chasing health trends and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today.
1: All right, and we are back. Um, Jake, you're you, you got a lot of teams you're telling me off my you you got a a fair amount of uh teams that you are managing 13 Uh, 13 13 so i mean if you want to talk about all 13 teams, we don't really have an outline for this at all you can if you want to spare yourself because you have to also edit the podcast so like if you want to spare (laughs) yourself having to edit a very lengthy podcast um you can pick and choose I, i will say this um let's let's talk about redraft first and I'm going to kind of redraft the the redraft maven out of the two of us definitely I'm only in one redraft league I'm not doing incredibly well um and it's really my own fault of just like not paying attention to it for like the first month uh I wanted to get into a redraft league because I haven't played redraft in like a handful of years um and I forgot like how deep into dynasty mode I really get into. <laughs> and so right. like the season started, and I'm like, single A ball, double, a, like what's going on there? And it's like, yeah, but like you're not paying attention to the actual major leaguers on your redraft team. And like I looked and then like mid-May hit and I looked, and I'm like, why do I still have like Justin Topa in like a relief role? Like what am I what am I doing? I gotta click, like I gotta <laughs> I gotta move some some stuff around. So not doing uh, great um but also i mean you know it's easy to say it like it's because i wasn't paying attention like i'm not playing against other you know talented um managers so kudos to them Uh, i'm going to take a look actually i'm pulling it up on my own so i can see what my what my record in this particular league is but um while that's happening actually that kind of takes me to another like quick little talking point which was um a lot of people getting upset about apps these days. Oh uh, God. Yeah. Fantrax released their update and you would have thought that it was like, you would have yeah. thought it was like, uh, it was I don't know. I don't, I, I don't even know what to compare it to. Um, yeah. But it was, it, people, people don't like change. In general. Right. Um, and You're- I will say this, I've noticed in talking to people and, and, and I don't, I don't know if you have a lot of teams on Fantrax, how often you use it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I picked up on across like different channels and talking to people online is most of the like venom towards the changes were from people that use the. Um, of course, my phone's going off now. Um, it's from people that are using the desktop mode hmm. versus mobile. It seemed like that's it's anecdotal, right? For for what I picked up on i have not looked at desktop mode i use it almost exclusively through my phone um and that's just because of my own like personal computer situation <laughs> but uh i'm like exclusively on my phone and you know the updates were fine there were actually a couple of things i thought that were pretty useful um but i haven't looked at it on desktop and so i'm curious like the are you a desktop only or like a 50 50 type person or what
2: uh, it used to be more desktop. And then once I got into more NFPC and Dynasty, mo- it's entirely mobile now. Um, I used to play a lot on Yahoo. Um, and for that, I really liked the, and a lot of head to head leagues. And I really like Yahoo's desktop interface for head to head leagues and how they do live stat updates. And, really, you know, you could see everything there. And so I, I spent a lot of time on that on desktop years ago. But recently, I mean, I think this season, especially, it's you know, entirely. Um, mobile sometimes on um doing fab on F- nfbc it's a little easier to do it on desktop mm-hmm. um but i usually end up just doing it on mobile um right
1: right and 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 same like sometimes i'll catch myself on like the very slow laptop that i have um like late night i'll be online and be able to log into the league for like a, a free agent you know bidding the way we have like uh our, our fab set up for. The, the one dynasty league but yeah outside of that i'm like exclusively online or i mean on mobile and so yeah um yeah. just thought that that was that was interesting just seeing everybody's like yeah everybody's what did the joker say everybody loses their mind like everybody's just going going really crazy about it yeah Um, and
2: the thing with with the apps i think so we don't really have i don't think we have a perfect one necessarily there's something wrong with with every one of them yeah um you know like yahoo is is great for redraft and like smaller leagues as far as like player pool and teams you know um because the, the player pool is very very shallow um they like they did i last time i checked they don't have like uh um like Cade Povich, um mm-hmm. who's like pretty close, pretty high prospect. Like last year they didn't have Kyle Manzardo until um the off season when they did a big update. And so, like, you know, there's a lot of things like that. That mostly comes into play with Dynasty, but if someone gets a quick call up, they sometimes have to like add them real quick, you know. Um, and then it just really depends on who you talk to for the actual interface and, and using it. Um but but I know for dynasty it's a it's a big pain, it's more directed towards redraft leagues. Um, and then I don't use ESPN at all or CBS, so I don't know much about those, but, mm. um, NFBC is nice, but it's pretty much the same thing as desktop, just like in a different aspect ratio. And sometimes it's really slow. Um, and it seems very random Well, sometimes it's immediate, sometimes mm-hmm. it takes five, 10 minutes to, to bring it up. But other than that, it's solid, a little cumbersome at times or f- hard to find things in the, in the, you know, uh, menu but um and then fan tracks i think that one's been my favorite and it probably still is especially for dynasty right um i think it definitely takes the cake for dynasty and with the new update i think i didn't notice a whole lot i think a lot of it is like the um the user interface just like yeah, the design said, but yeah you know just to make it more like modern i think um and like i have no problem with that i think the new font looks nice um the little circle animations when you go to make a roster move you know it's like okay that's not nice. like okay whatever um, it's just a little weird that it takes more clicks to get to some places that were readily available before um and, and that's see, the I, thing for me
1: for me it seemed like it it got rid of a lot of like me having to be like where is that again oh it's right it seemed like it 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 um elevated or kind of pulled out some elements that I kind of and maybe I was just like a bad fan tracks user. Maybe that it, maybe it was all user error. And so I was just an idiot and they had to make it kind of idiot proof. I don't know. But um, yeah, there are some things like you just having the dial at, at the left to be able to switch between teams to me, is just like super convenient when you have multiple teams. It sounds like, and I've, I've used Yahoo a few years ago was the last time I used it. um, And it did. And that was like right around the time of their like last big sort of like ux update when they like incorporate a lot more like daily fantasy type stuff and and it was like a big sort of like yahoo fantasy overall um including fantasy baseball but it was like updating fantasy football and everything else it seemed like from what i've heard that is also very good uh like you said like small leagues i sounds like redraft right over dynasty and definitely sounds like the beginner to intermediate Right. Like if you're just starting fantasy and you've never played fantasy baseball before, Yahoo kind of makes it like very obvious and like easy to find and for like find what you need. Right. Okay, I need to move player X to this spot and I do it by clicking this and moving it there, both mobile as well as desktop. Um, it seems like some frustrations happen with the more like experienced and expert, where it's just like,
2: when you it, want to customize more yeah where i have think have that's what it is control it's, just like, it's very flat yeah. yeah
1: it's like not very dynamic it's just like okay can i get out of this box and like do some more right um so anyways uh there's just some some observations like you said they all kind of have some uh issues or, or something that you know people can kind of gripe about for each platform i don't think there's a perfect one that exists that everybody just kind of consensus i think Fantrax tends to be the league the, the industry leader both from customization and player pool depth standpoint um but now with this update you know who knows it, so it's kind of the the business of fantasy baseball is kind of interesting to observe um but let's back to actually talking about uh prospects in, the, in our team so I, I have this redraft team pulled up i am in last place it is a 12 teamer i am in 12 uh, place <laughs> not doing very well um 406 win percentage i'm 36 53 and one uh i my this team should be a lot better especially my offense i drafted pretty well if i do say so myself but this is a lesson and this is what happens when you don't pay attention (laughs) so i'm trying to pay better attention now it's probably too little too late (laughs) but uh you know trying to at least make a go at it um for the rest of this year so that's my one redraft league, like i said i know you you you're the kind of redraft maven between the two of us so i I'll turn things over to you uh, talk
2: some some
1: uh about your redraft teams
2: yeah redraft was fascinating this year um in the draft you know season because there was a huge shift from last year to where everyone was making sure they got pitching and it and it seemed actually more um more kind of like one or the other to the extreme as, as far as hitting versus pitching goes. Cause you would see people start with like five straight hitters um, or you would see people with like five out of their first seven picks be pitchers. And there was like, you know, some people played in the middle, but there was a lot of, I think strategies of like, I'm going to lean into one of them. And it was a lot was based off of the run environment that we saw last year and how there were just like, no, Oh, you know, homers went way down um, and everyone knew the steals were going to go up. And you know, pitchers across the board were really good. There was a lot of like breakout pitchers and ratios were good. And um this year it was like the complete opposite. Uh, you know, we're seeing offensive levels similar to the um the crazy ball in in 2019. Um not quite there yet, but like really close. Um and so it's it's been the year of the pitcher blow up. And it wasn't even that like, if you bought all your pictures early, it went, it's going great for you. Or like, if you waited on pictures, it's going great for you. There are mines throughout the entire field. There is like no one pocket of like ADP that's been great. Um, And I haven't really looked into this, but I'd love to see what kind of pictures are um are doing better if there's anything that's kind of like is it the because i think there's a lot of people that are like oh is it going to be the ground ball pitchers are going to be having issues because of the shift ban um or people that take a lot of time you know because of the pitch clock and i don't know you know there hasn't been a ton of research about that yet um i can't tell you what i did what i did right in my draft prep but i can tell you that uh, my ratios are the best of all of my stats across leagues Mm -hmm. and like I'm looking at it like I don't know like I I mean I obviously have a process and I like am very deliberate about which pitchers I draft but I don't think there was anything special that says like oh like I had the secret formula um and so yeah so that's one thing I've noticed across all my leagues is that my ratios are fantastic um you know not to brag about it's a humble brag i guess um no, no, go
1: ahead and brag <laughs> your stuff man
2: there yeah, um so and then as as far as just kind of overall where where i'm at in redraft so on um let's see here so i'm starting with M- nfbc which is um you know probably the most i guess prevalent like high stakes platform now granted I don't do a lot of the actual high stakes games. I don't play the main event which is like a $1700 buy-in. I don't do anything um more than 150 for the buy-in um just because I don't I'm not at that, I'm not at that point. I don't have a bankroll from like an overall last year not or something rolling like that. that, you know. Now no. <laughs> I am 24. So um you know, so it's it's you know, kind of like picking my spots and whatnot. But I'll I'll, I'll tell you exactly where I'm at because I don't wanna feign like I am a mastermind here, but in um, TGFBI, which is like a it would you know, one of the most prevalent, I guess, like in quote unquote industry leagues. Um, if you do anything with fantasy baseball, Justin Mason will let you in. And it's fantastic and a lot of great leagues. Uh TGFBI I'm in fourth in my league. Um and then a DC, uh, which is a fifty round draft and hold. 15 teamer, uh, fourth, um, or sorry, ninth in the DC, that one's been rough. Um, and then, you uh, out, out of your ninth out of how many in them? 15. Okay. So 15, that one's on. been, I had, I made bad decisions and I went too prospect heavy or too rookie heavy kind of towards the end because it was like the, even the players that were going to get playing time were kind of drying up. And I think that was one of my weak spots in drafting was like predicting who was going to end up with playing time. And so I went kind of like inexperienced upside instead. And then for the first like month of the season, I had a tough time with injuries, like fielding a complete um, hitting uh, lineup. And so that hurt me with counting stats really bad off the bat, but my pitching has been solid. Um, And then the earth league, which is another industry one. um, There's 16 leagues and it's all regional. So you get together with the league actually in person and do it. Um, I've been in the Atlanta one the last two years, shout out. Air, Air, Waffle House area rotisserie fantasy or wharf mm-hmm. um i'm in first in that one and 15th in the overall out of like 165 and then a but the first high stakes auction um that i ever did $150 buy in same format as both tgfbi and wharf 15 teams um fab 30 rounds 30 band rosters um that one i'm in ninth as well and you know, those are all my main ones. I do have some gladiators too, um, that were like draft to, uh, draft a starting roster and leave it. Those two of them, I am in the top, uh, four. And then one of them I'm in like second to last. And I just did a second chance one, but that's only been active for two days. So, um, that's all my NFBC. I play a lot of NFBC. I fell in love with it with that. When I discovered it in the winter of 2021, I believe, um, and I've like doubled my, my teams in it this year. So, um, that's kind of a brief overview of where I'm at there. Obviously my most promising is, is Wharf in the earth league. And I, that's one that I, I pay a lot of attention to just because I, I now know the people in the league. They're all extremely smart. Um, Ray Murphy kicked everyone's butts last year. He won by like 20 standings points against me. I was in second and I was like 20 standings points behind Ray Murphy. And he was that way most of the year. So, um, that was a big one for me last year. Cause it was my first like industry league of any kind. And I was not doing a podcast at the time that I was accepted in it. I just kind of begged to Dave McDonald, um, because I was like, I want to play against the big guys. <laughs> 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 and so I was able to look at the overall standings and be like, I'm ahead of, Eno Saras who's in a completely right. different league across the country, but like, right. <laughs> you know, uh, none of it matters. I promise. Um, And so Worf is, is kind of one that's kind of closer to my heart, I think than, than the rest of them. And so it's nice that I'm doing well in that one because it's just an extra bonus. Um, so yeah, I think, I think it's been, you know, I, I, in general, I try to do playing time in, in redraft specifically. And in like 15 teamers, especially it's like playing time and quantity for hitters and then quality for pitchers. And, um, I'm usually not afraid to do three relievers, six starters. Um, for the sake of that kind of quality instead of quantity um, to get, you know, good ratios and, you know, be well in the, in the saves and then try to just kind of like finagle my way into wins and strikeouts. And um, I I wouldn't say that I draft like strikeout players, uh, pitchers primarily, but um, so, yeah, so I think that's, um, that's kind of the overview. Um, Anything specifically about these, like we could talk about like, you know, draft and hold versus like fab or, um, you know, teams or whatever, but like NFBC is like, a it's, (laughs) it's an animal, um, because people are very invested in it and there's always a lot of discourse about it, but it's never going to be as popular as, um, you know, as, as the Yahoo leagues, as just kind of people playing for fun, because like, that's what fantasy baseball (laughs) is maybe should be. Um, and I feel NFBC is very much people that, put a lot of, of time into it um and take it very very seriously
1: <laughs> yeah uh we were talking um off mic about my in my forays into nfbc and uh again between it it kind of dovetails into what some things we kind of already talked about it's a different platform um i am an android user you know judge me don't judge me whatever um it's 2023 i don't I don't know why we're still having that conversation, but um <laughs> there is no Android app for NFBC. So a lot of that is through the website, which again, I'm very rarely am I doing fantasy baseball stuff through a web browser. Um and it's just it's not it's not dynasty related. And as soon as the season clicks, like my mind just goes into dynasty mode. And it and it shows up, it kind of reflects to your point, kind of reflects in my drafting where I'm like, oh, this guy might have a chance and I have to be like, well okay, let's think of, let's think of through, like, especially the the back end of the draft, right? Like the last, you know, three, four rounds, you're like, okay, I can take some dark throws and maybe a guy comes up and, and it's like, you really, you really should just be spending that, that pick on that other relief pitcher or like that other bench bat versus this rookie. Like you really take the, just spend the fab. Like, and that's another thing too, is like the fab rules are so different for NFBC than A couple other leagues that is like, I'm (laughs) putting last year kicked my butt (laughs) because I'm putting these like little bids because I'm used to like a little (laughs) bit of fan budget and like, you know, I'm getting blown out the water left and right. And it took me really the whole season to realize, like, oh, dummy, you have more money. You need to spend a larger amount, you
2: need to have larger bids but uh, then you go in bids. you go and bid like 40 or 50 and no one follows it up too right and you're like i'm, I'm gonna, gonna that, i'm gonna okay pony up now and yeah, yeah it doesn't well, work out <laughs> so
1: yeah i i you know kudos to to everybody in fbc it is really cool um i think like you said like for people that are involved in the fancy community writers podcasters etc um to to be able to hobnob and you know it, it doesn't matter you could be Eno, you could be two schmucks like us or a schmuck like me and i won't call you a schmuck Jake. be nice but, <laughs> no you know, i think i deserve be, it <laughs> you could be anybody um but moving on dynasty right what what the people mm. are, are kind of here for um mm.
2: i do have actually i have one more redraft point oh, yeah. to make um yeah, just yeah. because this is a pitcher list podcast i am in first in the pitcher list um league little staff league that I, that i'm in so the pitcher list staff leagues are fascinating because it's a relegation system because we have a bunch of people on the staff. Everyone doesn't fit into one league. And so there's like the, you know, the ultimate like world series league or whatever with, you know, Nick Pollock and Alex fast and um, you know, all the, all those people. And in order to get to that league and then win the league and be the champion of the pitcher list, you have to uh, win your introductory league, then win the next highest one. And then you're in that bracket in that best one. So there's like the top one, the second level, which maybe has two leagues. And then the kind of introductory one, which usually has like five leagues. I won the introductory one last year. And so now I'm in the second round. And so I'm trying to get to that ultimate league and be the, you know, the ultimate pitcherless champion. Cause there's someone that's won it and forgive me, but I don't know who that is off the top of my head, but someone was won the, the overall, like the last three years in a row. Um, and I would like to, you know, take that myself. So, um, just a little, little humble brag there that, uh, I'm I'm coming for that next uh that next rele- relegation up I guess if I don't know what promotion. the other word is promotion, promotion. yeah well, so you're not okay. a soccer you're not a soccer fan <laughs> soccer fans I, don't, I, don't would, want see, I would see I would like to it. be I would like to be but I, it's just weird hours of the day uh, yeah, that's you true know. <laughs> that,
1: I, I, I've kind of, it's kind of ebbed off my calendar as well because of after the pandemic it was kind of like ah uh, i'm kind of tapped out okay we're i told you no structure here we're all over the, all over the map um, <laughs> on the dynasty dynasty let's talk about it so dynasty my the, the main team that I, I talk about shout out to the usual suspects league shout out to those guys it's 20 teamer uh 25 man um farm system so you know nice and deep uh that team is doing actually like surprisingly well. <laughs> it's actually kind of scaring me and I'm waiting for like it all to go to pieces. Now in the grand scheme of things, I, I'm, I'm five and four right now. So that's not like incredible record, but right, it's four divisions. Okay. I am in second place in one game back in my particular division. Okay. And this team, well, not this team at all because I've made an absurd number of trades, but my team, <laughs> uh, was won two games two years ago we wow. finished the year two and 19 uh and one of those games was kind of like almost like a, a a forfeit because the team that i played against the the head-to-head matchup um they did not meet innings uh minimums mm. so like i automatically <laughs> won all of those categories so and it's head-to-head overall right so it's 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 um six by six as far as the categories and then whoever wins the most categories gets the win right mm-hmm. um yeah D- awful and it was all my fault it was 100 percent. it wasn't like oh this guy got injured or like this thing it was just a number of calamitous trades and moves <laughs> <laughs> on my part that like took good value and traded it for bad and just just dumb stuff um last year uh the team finished finished with four wins i believe um but we kind of we we had some upsets we we scared some teams you know it's kind of like that oh okay kind of like the diamondbacks right it's like oh okay this team is there's something brewing here there's there's some things going on uh and what i struck upon was um shout out to uh nate handy he talked me into my Reed Detmer's fascination. Mm. I had traded Cabrian Hayes for Reed Detmers at the start of in the offseason or beginning. Yeah, the offseason of last year. So I got in on Detmers then. And then I just kind of fell into you know what? I'm just going to get like young ish, undervalued pitching. And that will be the direction of my team. And maybe I can kind of rock fight my way into. Having decent enough ratios and luck into some quality starts because we were a quality start league, um, and then the offense maybe I can win one category in offense like stolen bases and that'll be enough, and I can just win a number of my matches like, you know, like I'll tie six six or like I might be able to pull out like seven five and just go that way, and while it didn't obviously work out exactly like that, that at least gave me a direction. And in do and giving myself a direction, then I could actually make moves. So then I was able to also. I'm underplaying like the biggest thing, which was I was super in on Strider when he was at low A, and I just rode that thing out, and I was wow. I believed in him from jump, and that was like the biggest boost <laughs> overall. Like that's, yeah. that's my one claim to fame in the league is like right. I was in on him, and here we are. So, um, I was able to make a collective of like Strider. I got Brady Singer, which is. That's where my Brady Singer, like, headache situation comes from. Uh, I I traded for him, like, right before he started to kind of break out last year. That merge there. So I started to kind of, hey, I got, like, three or four young pitchers, added some kind of, like, innings eaters guys. Offense was still, like, awful. And then we ended uh, end up in this year, swung some trades. Most recently, I traded for Dalton Varsho based on last year. Last week's episode which I He's been I, doing the same thing. Yeah. I mess I messaged I messaged you, Jake, and Jake, you were like, did I say to trade him away? <laughs> and I said, Yeah, but you said if you weren't contending and now found myself in a position where I may be able to back my way into the playoffs here. And there So you go. I picked him up and I picked him up right at the right time. He had two home runs, back to back games, picked up a couple of RBI. I, he he has, you know, and I, I traded him for uh, Trevor Rogers, Trevor Rogers, I had traded to get um, as part of that little pitching enclave. Obviously, he got hurt, did not look very good coming back from his initial injury to start the year, had like two good starts, including his last one. Then he had the biceps injury. He's been down and out for about a month. And I've really been trying to offload him because I'm like, ah, my pitching is OK enough now that I think I might be able to actually start paying attention to my offense. Get Varsho. I feel good about it. Um, so yeah, uh, the, the farm is not great. I'll be completely honest. It's not a great one, but that is actually now sort of by design as well. I've been aiming towards like a lot of high, a double a guys with a little sprinkling of like double a triple a guys that like should be making their, um, debut. So I, um, I was like, paying attention to jp france i picked him up when he made his debut that's like you know some pitching depth um i i swung a trade for ryan nota because like he was a rule five guy i've been paying attention to from the dodgers and i was like oh you know he's solid i thought he would have some more home runs than he said but like he pretty much just like you know is like a very very light version of joey gallo as far as like three true outcomes sort of thing like you know that gives me something he has a little bit of flexibility because he's still first base and left field eligible this season so anyways um
2: any um any like specific trades that you or like maybe your your favorite one that you think has gotten you to a good spot is you kind of like made the team better let's let's break down something yeah something on the on the board here
1: yeah 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 um hmm, that's a good question uh i kind of pull up the the long history i think you know what it is is actually this sounds very boring and it's not really something (laughs) for us to to break down but it's actually understanding like trading less which sounds super obvious Mm. but um especially like our league is very fun it's very active and engaging and makes a huge difference yeah yeah, but because of that there's always been a ton of trades like an absurd number of trades by almost everybody in the league and so I was kind of up front and became a league leader in that. And then you had to learn like dummy, you don't win based on making the most trades that doesn't really help you. And that's part of the reason why um, like there was so much turnover in my team. There was never really a set direction of where we're going to go, what we're going to do. If I told you like how I started my team, like from the draft of the league, you be like, you're really, really stupid, um and I'll admit that I was very dumb. um But yeah, I think it's just this this season, like easing off the trade button, easing off the mm. hey, let's do a deal for the sake of like I'm kind of bored and I kind of <laughs> think this player is maybe sort of interesting, so let's do something. um Just sitting pat, and then wins rolling in definitely helps. Like a start of the season with a win that is always that's always a good like start, like right. the first matchup you win. Okay, let's see what happens. Um, I don't know what this team is gonna do in the long run, because they're definitely like much better teams in the league that can like sm- smush me. Um, but you know, it's been fun. Uh I've uh picked up a couple of orphaned dynasty teams, and I've never done that before, and that was a new experience. I wanted to you yeah. know rebuild that way. Um one team I would literally have just kind of like put. On the back burner, like on purpose, because that's going to be a long. That team was left in shambles, and that's going to be like a long, arduous process. So I was like, I just kind of—it's not even tanking, really. It's just like they were going to get the number one pick regardless of anything I did. <laughs> so yeah. I wasn't going to like really waste my time on like, maybe I could do like, no, it's not this year at all. It's not happening. So like, they're kind of on the back burner. Um, but I have another team that it took me a while to kind of uh, dig into. I still haven't made a lot of trades, but just um, the, the other benefit is this particular league that I'm talking about. There's no fab. So I can you can kind of stream and pick up and put down guys much easier, which is interesting in Dynasty. Um, and it kind of makes me change my mindset because I'm so used to like, oh, if I drop this guy, now I'm going to have to pay out of pocket if he gets hot. And like I don't want to do that um that's another thing i've gotten really bad at in my home league is like i burned through fab dollars very early in the year like very early and then i'm left with no money through most of the year and i have to get out of that habit so i'm kind of always in that mindset of like oh i don't want to pay i don't want to pay and then i have to remember like oh there is no there's no penalty here like i can i can pick it yeah. down at at will so i'm trying to get better um Phone is not cooperating so i can't see the the record but i'm not doing like great in that league but i'm starting to try to be a little bit more competitive mm-hmm. at least in the matchups and that's another thing too is like i'm i'm a head-to-head type of person and i like mm-hmm. if i can be head 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 overall like that's where i'm at it just kind of appeals to me it kind of feels like the sport right like whoever wins the most wins um i'm not a big fan of like each category is a win. And then I'm looking at people's record are like I'm 136, uh, yeah. 79 and 12. I'm like, I don't know yeah. what that means. Like, what are we, what are we talking about here? Um, and then Roto, I just kind of grew out of just because I'm, and I'll be honest, that's, that's probably 100% because I'm terrible at at it. And I'm just bad at drafting. Like <laughs> I'm good for the first 10 rounds. And then I learned like, it's the middle rounds where you can win mm. your draft essentially, and like really set yourself up in Roto. And I'm, I just, I screw the pooch every time. Like, I do, like, two dumb moves where, I, like, yeah. I would drafted that guy by, like, four rounds. And now it's, like, it tanked the whole thing. But the first 10 rounds, I'm great. Yeah. I'm really good.
2: <laughs> yeah. See, I obsess. I obsess over my drafts. Um, Like, I do. So NFBC has, like, two-hour timers or one-hour mm-hmm. timers, you know? And so it lasts, like, a week or two. Um, And my girlfriend thinks I'm hilarious because I'm like, oh, I'm doing a draft. And she's like, it's two weeks. I'm like, yeah, but it's, like, you know, I mean – it's here and there you know and she's like no it's it's two weeks like you're you always have the laptop open you know like <laughs> it's and she there. and she she just thinks it's hilarious you know because i'm like oh yeah it'll be real quick and she's like okay I'm like sure right. uh, but no i i definitely get really deep into the later. i love drafting um like i just did a second chance one just because i love drafting
1: <laughs> yeah no i that, that's that's another thing that i've tried to be better at um is like be very conscientious of the leagues that I like sign up for because yeah every every sort of off season it gets to be like what February ish and like mm-hmm. you know pitchers and catchers are reporting and we're getting some more like feedback and, and everybody's getting their like early season rankings out and and the bug starts hitting everybody's like oh I'm mm-hmm. starting up a league you want to join hey we need a spot and then you start yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and then for me, I did that last year, and it was just like I had a bunch of teams that I like, was not paying attention, or maybe it wasn't last year the year before, but had a bunch of teams that I wasn't really paying attention to, and I had to just be like, ah, you know what? Um, and that was more like uh, not as heavy on Dynasty. It was kind of a mix, but,
2: yeah. yeah, I had
1: to just be like, let me concentrate on like a handful. And that's why I was like, let me get like some different experiences. So I like have a home league. That's Dynasty. Okay, that's that okay, I'm going to pick up like a couple orphan teams. That's going to be this own experience. Okay. I'm back in redraft. Haven't done a redraft in a while. Cool. Like that's my core four. Essentially. I don't really need to add on to anything else. Um, yeah. And as we can tell, like that's obviously <laughs> enough to overwhelm my P brain, apparently. <laughs> um, and, and the lack of concentration. When uh, you're in dynasty, yeah. were there moves or, or lack of moves that, that you made that, you know, do you think may have swung the season in your favor or?
2: Um, so in dynasty, I have four, right? Yeah. Three on Fantrax and then one on Yahoo and that's all. Yeah. Okay. So I have four dynasty leagues and there's only, honestly, there's only one of them that I'm truly in contention. The other one, I still believe in the team, but it's just not like, it's just not happening, you know? And like, come on, like you poking it with a stick. Like, are you alive? You know, like do the something, Sox. Yeah, no, for real. Um, And so, so yeah, so it's, there's one team that I'm in contention for sure. And then one that I'm kind of in the middle and I'm kind of looking for moves more towards next year. And then two, one where I took over as an orphan team in the off season and that's in full rebuild mode. And then the other one where I did a startup draft at the very end of last season. So in like uh, October, Mm -hmm. screwed the pooch. Oh my God. Oh no. It was such a bad draft. Um, I think I just, it was a very smart group very smart group lucas uh barry who we yeah. had on this podcast yeah. was in that in that draft um ryan vanancio and you know a bunch of other really smart people and um so that one i just like it was either a fantastic pick or a horrible pick like i drafted emmanuel rivera i think in round like 23 because at one point i looked at the board and i said what the hell is this because um, it was it's a 15 teamer and it's 60 man rosters and so Ooh. it was like a 900 player yeah. draft yeah and um And so it was just like, I found some really good diamonds in the rough. I found like Ryan, Ryan Clifford was my last pick. Yeah,
1: big Clifford, Um, man. And
2: so, and Schmidt was in there in like the 50 something round. And so there's a few good guys, but in general, I'm looking at it and I'm like, man, I set this team up for failure right Mm -hmm. off the bat. Like I usually try to go more balanced in dynasty redrafts and it just didn't work out. Like Andre, like my third round pick was Emmanuel Classé. Why the hell did I do that? you know, it's a saves league. And so I was like, Oh, well I got my saves okay. guy. And in redraft, yeah. this is a bonus or a, or a bargain, but it's like, it's not redraft. You can find relievers. And And then my next pick after that was Andres Jimenez because I really bought into the breakout last year. And so that really set me back. Those like two picks. Yeah. And so now yeah. I'm kind of like rebuilding that one specific deals there. So I've actually, I've made two trades and they have both been with Lucas and his um, he has a co-manager and, um, so Lucas is killing it. He's in first place in the league. Oh, he has 116 standings points, and second place has 111. And across the board, I think he has double digits in each like stat category. Um, fantastic. And I like to think that I helped him out because <laughs> when we when we were dealing, he was in uh, I think with the last trade we made, he was in like the middle of the pack. And um, so the last one that we did was so I sent him Charlie Morton and Felix Bautista, and he sent me. Andrew Abbott, Colt Keith, and a second round pick in next year's FYPD. Um, and I think that that really worked for both of us because I am focusing more towards, uh, a rebuild and getting mm-hmm. new pieces. Charlie Morton was nothing for me really. Like he, even if he's still in the league next year, like, I don't know if he's going to really make that much of a difference for me. Helped mm-hmm. him out this year because he needed, uh, you know, more innings and Morton's been solid. He's been, especially over the last month, he's been one of the best pitchers, um, in in the league really he's really taken a step forward and so like he looks good and then Bautista oh my god he has like 60 like 63 strikeouts now in like 30 innings like he has more strikeouts than like most starting pitchers um and so that's you know I think that 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 has really helped him and then for me um the way you know I was looking at it I was like okay so I got Andrew Abbott who um who I'm definitely you know buying high on um because he's really taken steps huge steps forward this year um, you know, and he does have a really risky home park, doesn't have a fantastic fastball, not great velo. Um, you know, but he has a really good curveball and you know, I mean he's been he's been missing bats. It's been working for him, he's been keeping people off balance. The curveballs, I mean, I can't say enough good things about it. And then Colt Keith, who's been another big riser this mm-hmm. year. Um, and I kind of got him a little bit before the huge kind of hype that we've seen. I think some prospect lists have him in the top, you know, fifty already. I think I've seen it as high as like thirty or so. Um, and so like, he's looking good and I I needed a bat back. I needed a prospect bat back if mm-hmm. I was going to give up Morton, because I didn't just want it to be like an old pitcher for a young pitcher and like right. do a reset, you know? Um, even if that like works, you know, like I could see someone want to do that. I think I need, you know, I, I want to have that kind of extra, like extra help on the offensive side, especially because I'm a quantity person on offense. I like to accumulate, especially in this league because there isn't a limit on minor leaguers versus major leaguers on your bench. Like you can have, cause there's 60 man rosters. You could have no prospects and huge benches, um, you know, or a ton of prospects and short benches. Got it. And I think that, you know, in for these types of leagues, the, the teams that do really well are teams that have huge benches both ways, because it's also daily, uh, daily leagues. And so, Being able to cycle in pitchers and accumulate Mm -hmm. those like you know wins and Ks Mm -hmm. and not kill your ratios, hopefully, Um, and then also just like not having people miss on the offense, you know, off days, injuries, whatnot, have all these people to to cycle in. Um, That is key, and so that's what I'm building for. Is I'm building to have everyone kind of come into the majors next year and the year after, and at some point stop buying prospects because if you just keep buying prospects and keep having this like oh I have all of this. Future value. I have mm-hmm. all of this potential on my bench. It's not doing anything for you because everyone else in league has, you know,
1: actual major league players.
2: Exactly. Accumulating actual stats, And there league. and there yep. aren't any rules for like what you have how you have to build a roster. And so people, especially if you're in first, why wouldn't you just like lean into that yeah. and accumulate? It's ro- especially because it's rotisserie. That is mm. the name of the game in rotisserie. Nothing else matters. You are there to accumulate. Right. Um and so um trying to do more of that. So I'm like I need a hair. I need, you know, I need someone who's going to be up um, relatively soon and and be contributing and accumulating. Um, So Colt Keith was huge for me there. And then the draft pick was a nice little bonus because I, you know, love FYPDs, try to, Mm -hmm. you know, get usually like one or two in the season um, as because people aren't like, oh yeah, I'll trade that away. You know, it's hard. I think it's Mm -hmm. harder to get picks when you know where people are picking and when people are like looking at who they can take and who they can have, you know? Um, there's more set value on the pick. And Definitely. so I'd rather take a chance on a first or second rounder, knowing that I'll be able to find value. Like not to toot my own horn, I guess, yeah. but it's like, I know that I'm doing a podcast about this. Yeah. Like, like, you know, I'm already doing the research. Mix. You Absolutely. know your strengths, right? You know, Absolutely. so I'm willing to, even if someone's in first place and I'm taking a 15 overall or a 30 overall, yeah. like I'll find someone I'll, there. I'll find you somebody know? there. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. Or I mean, or, you know, I can I can figure out how to maneuver that pick and, and make it work for me, right? Like I can depending on the how the draft goes like maybe I'll trade trade back you know mm-hmm. and be okay with that because there's somebody like it's also stuff i I'll wrap up here um cuz again we we don't have a really any structure to this so there's no reason to go super long um but is there a player so mm. a player and a prospect okay that I want any of your teams just I just need one overall free for each category one player one prospect that you drafted traded for added whatever but you're like man this guy is just he's he's my guy I think um, in the in the in the my home league we talk about like your team's vibe captain like yeah, okay. your vibe captain of the team like who's the vibe captain of your team who's like the vibe prospect of your team that you're just like i'm riding this guy it's just there's something about it the trade worked out and it's just been beneficial or like i added him at just the right time i only had to spend a buck on him in fab or something like that and he blew up whatever your criteria but one player one prospect any of your teams
2: oh boy okay i have to take a second to even look at my rosters because I roster like 200 players in um, mm-hmm. Dynasty. Um, I could tell you who I hated drafting. Oh yeah, we'll go with that
3: too.
1: I <laughs> uh, even that like,
2: there. um, I've been trying to get rid of uh, Tommy Edman and this mm-hmm. uh, and a 12 teamer for a minute. Um, I mentioned him on last podcast. Like, it's not that anything's wrong with him. It's just like, man, like, just doesn't play the the way that my team is set up. Like, I, I have too many like kind of like speedy middle infielders with not a lot of pop, you know? Um, it's like, I have all of that. I need to get rid of it. Um, Vinny, probably Vinny Pasquantino. Um, on this, I'm looking at my favorite league right now. I got, Oh, I, it was a, so this was a startup in the middle of last season. Mm -hmm. And I got Spencer Strider in the like 12th or 13th round probably. And it was like right when he started like starting games, you know? um and i remember when i made the pick um someone was in the group chat like oh my god he's gonna be an ace and i was like yeah i know (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh so that's because and then by the end of probably that month he was like i mean out out of the world right Right. like um and turned in so he's i think he's probably strider was my my vibe captain there because i got a decent deal on him um and yeah so there's there's i think i look at strider which of course like if you have him, it's like, like, I mean, come on. Um, I love he did get blown up the other night. I the Mets really kill him. The, the Mets man. Yeah. He,
1: I saw somebody say like he owns the Phillies and then the Mets own him. And <laughs> I thought that that's kind <laughs> of appropriate. <laughs> yeah.
2: Honestly, that's fair. Um, and then as far as prospect goes, I picked up Jordan Westberg last year for, I think a dollar bid, oh, wow. um, in like in season, I think it was probably in July. Um, and so seeing him take steps forward, he was a spec. Like, he wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't pick him up knowing that he would like really take a bunch of steps forward. And like, I think he might lead the league in, um, in homers right now in, in triple A. And I was not expecting that at all. Um, but he was still like someone that I kind of had an eye on and took a chance on him. And that worked out really well. So I cannot wait for him to come up, especially since he has middle and corner infield eligibility. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, and then Carlos Jorge, I'm trying to get in a bunch of places. Mm. Love him. Um, yeah. And then in this league, I also I made a trade. I got uh I sent away Casey Schmidt on the day he debuted, and I got Noelli Marte back. Really proud of that one. Love Noelie Marte. I'll buy the dip anytime it happens with him. So yeah, if I if I had to narrow
1: it down though, I'd say West Bergenstrider. Got it. Um I'm looking through uh so. There's one so mm, major player. If I if I stick with that, um, my my home league, which like you said, is, is kind of like the favorite league. Probably I don't, I, don't, I don't know if there's there's really anybody from the major league standpoint right now. Like Strider seems kind of like a little too on the nose. Yeah. Um which I mean I get where you're coming from. Uh but for me I feel like that's a little too on the nose for me. You've been on like, him forever. He's yeah, old age. It's kinda of like, okay, <laughs> like yeah, that's your one. Everybody gets one, like we get it. Um I don't know. Looking through I'm looking through the lineup here. Uh I'm also seeing that uh Michael Grove is getting blown up and that may have just lost me my matchup this week. So I oh, no. really get there. Um you <laughs> know what? I, This is probably going to get me into, like, a lot of trouble. Uh, But, like, he's not my vibe captain, so I'm actually kind of, like, not answering my own question. But (laughs) Domingo Herman has been, like, sneakily good for my team this year. (laughs) And I know, like, there's there's a ton of on-field and off-the-field problems with Domingo Herman. Like, I understand that. Mm -hmm. But, like, he's almost good for five to six strikeouts every game yeah how he gets those strikeouts we I don't can know. debate, but, I really don't know. <laughs> but you know what substances he does or does not use we can debate, <laughs> but he's like good for that, and especially recently he doesn't walk a lot, he's been keeping the 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 hits from turning into a lot of runs. I'm just saying like I was trying to offload him, and like nobody would go for him in the off season or so, and mm-hmm. now I'm kind of like i might just hang on
2: to him like I, yeah let's try this out so yeah, some players I'm, you just gotta write out you know like yeah. it's not always about like selling high buying low and getting right. but, squeezing value out of everything right um sometimes it's just like if you can't find the market you'd 'em them and you know until sometimes it you, you doesn't work to some stuff
1: so yeah um so yeah like i said i'm like not answering my own question uh <laughs> prospects a little bit easier um i'm gonna go with chase hampton uh i love the kid. Mm. I picked him up kind of, I I drafted Drew Thorpe on purpose. Like okay. I looked at Drew Thorpe, I was like, okay, I like this profile. I think that's interesting. I was paying attention to the Renegades, which is the higher Yankees affiliate because of Drew Thorpe. Also taking a look at Spencer Jones, who I thought, I thought yeah. I had him pegged one way as being kind of maybe a little bit overrated because of the frame. Is he really going to be able to handle strikes on the first week or so? I was like, oh, I'm completely wrong. He's killing it. Now it looks like maybe I was originally right, and I should have just stuck with my original opinion. So you know that's that's the growing pains of a prospect, but I'm paying attention to this team anyway. And then happened to sort of kind of stumble into looking at Hampton's stats, and then uh, watching the game of his. And now it's like any time, and they pitch back to back. That's the other thing too. It's like they're they're two or three or one and two uh, in in the uh, rotation essentially, like Thorpe pitches, and then it's Hampton or vice versa mm-hmm. pretty much all the time yeah. so i can kind of like watch i can know if one is on the mound i can like anticipate to watch the, the other one the next day and I because i've seen like a good number of thorpe and hampton stars this year and i went on record somewhere saying oh i was on uh the prospect call-up shout out to those guys um, yeah great did, guys did, yeah did a did a guest uh spot with michael richards and and the rest of that crew over there um
2: Triple play fantasy?
1: Yeah, triple play fantasy. And yes, sir. um went on record saying like I think Chase Hampton is gonna be the best pitching prospect for the Yankees by the end of the season. I don't you know me, Jake. I don't like plant my flat. I'm not like that right, type yeah. of guy, generally speaking. I try not to be. But this is one where I'm like, yeah, I think okay. he's that good. Um, I'm waiting. He's for got some
2: goal. competition on the Yankees, man. They actually have. Yes. I can't remember the last time the Yankees have had this many promising arms. Um,
1: you know, I know prospects like Will Warren. I know yep. big on um, him. Yeah. People like
2: um, Clayton Beater is uh, hitting Beater's his stride recently there. at Double A. Yeah.
1: Beater's still there, and and now he's thought you know a lot of people thought when he came from the Dodgers that he was going to be more high high leverage. Maybe a, like a really good closer for them, but now he's starting mm-hmm. to kind of show his worth as a starter. You know,
2: once yeah. again, I think he there's just things, went six scoreless in his last start.
1: Yeah, no, there's definitely there's definitely guys, and and I mean this is really, uh, it really does lay on Hampton getting the call up and doing well in Double A, because obviously if if the stuff takes a step back, then like mm-hmm. you you got to account for that. But from what I've seen, like I don't know why they haven't made the promotion yet, because I don't yeah. know what else he has to do in High A. Right, he, he's you know um, and then outside of that I'll say uh, in one of the other dynasty teams I finally got uh, Jacob uh, Mizorowski on one team
2: nice and he's um, one that I haven't been able to get yet I'm kind of listen, looking for my spot but listen it's tough. And
1: I told the manager in my home league mm-hmm. last week so it was before the high debut that we just saw from Mizorowski where he dominated Mm-hmm. And I told him last week, I was like, I'll overpay. I'll just tell you. Everything. Like I I said the thing that you're never supposed to say, especially about prospects. Like you're never supposed to tell yeah. somebody that you're over. I was like, especially pitching prospects. Yeah. Lamar, I was like, I gosh. don't care. I don't care. <laughs> like within reason, obviously, but like, I'll do it. Yeah. I'll do yeah. it. He's that good. And I kicked myself like every start that I saw his line. And like, every time I saw clips like videos of Mizrowski and even looking at his um, pre-draft stuff, uh, video I was looking at from like prospects worldwide, or from Fangrass, their stuff, or you know some of the other places that, that put their stuff together. I was like, why was this guy not high? He was kind of like mid-tier on my FYPD list. I was like, why did I not push this guy up higher?
3: And I'm yeah.
1: like, oh my goodness, like what was I thinking? And now I'm just like, I want him everywhere. I want him everywhere.
2: I There's a good amount of guys like that. Yeah. 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 Man, those FYPDs, man, it seems so cut and dry at the time. And then even just a t- few months later there's all these mm-hmm. like diamonds that come to the surface mm-hmm. you know and it's like man where how did i miss that I'm like hi oh, i knew i saw that i just didn't act on it or like oh i could have you I know i was sure. like oh i would have gotten that later or something I'm like oh, i'll pay to do that down the road or whatever but like these guys come up it's quick and all of a sudden everyone loves them and it's like dang i was close where was i <laughs> yeah.
1: i drafted and i talked about this in in our off-season pod when we covered our fypd drafts and everything like i drafted on murphy and jay Richie back to back and obviously jay Richie is down essentially for two seasons with tommy john and it's kind of like it's very easy for me to look back and be like i could have took miserowski somewhere in there. <laughs> um but you know that's that's obviously 100 percent hindsight uh but yeah like you said fypd's it's always tricky all right we're gonna wrap it here I'll be honest. I don't know if you guys are going to like this episode or not. You may hate it. I, <laughs> sorry. Um, but this is what we had to talk about. So I hope your your dynasty and redraft teams are being successful and doing what you want them to do. Wish you all the luck. Uh, same, same things. I don't think we have anything new to promote. So you know where to find us prospect watch list prospects to stash column from Jake You can find me on Twitter at uh, inside fastball capital I capital
2: F. And you can find me on Twitter at Jake Mache, Maish M-A-I-S-H. Uh,
1: as always, I uh, would like to tell you that you can find this podcast and other Pitcherless Podcast on the Pitcherless Podcast uh, Network page. Uh, yeah, I don't even have this, this script up, guys. That's, that's how <laughs> this is going. And
2: um, with that, yeah. I hope you all have a great rest of your day. There we go. <laughs>